With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Informative and engaging. Rick Munn. Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, let's get down to business. It's Tuesday, the 21st of November, 2023. This is Locked and Loaded with me, Rick Munn, beaming in from Ireland. And of course, I'm going to be joined by Gemma Cooper, beaming in from the UK, and also Darren Denslow. And whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and whatever you're doing, I hope it's nice. Welcome, welcome, welcome uh, to TNT Radio. If you've just joined us, if you've been in the mix uh, for the last hour or two, enjoying the content, then please stay tuned. There's plenty more to come, and not just for the duration of this hour, but of course, throughout the course of the day. Uh, We're doing our level best to bring you live radio 24-7, as you can appreciate. We're now moving on to a video streaming platform. We're trying to expand things out a little bit. We appreciate all the comments. Uh, I've had a check this morning just before I came on the show. Some people are really loving the new live stream format. Other people are saying, you know what? I just preferred it when it was uh, audio only. It was radio only. Well, listen, the content, folks, the content is no different. The content is no different. My content hasn't changed from when it was audio only, and it won't change now that we're uh, video uh, as well as audio, but you have the choice either to just simply listen with headphones on or very, very many people are enjoying the the visual aspect of this as well. Some people have got addicted to it already after just 24 short hours. We're almost like the fentanyl uh, of radio here. You just take one hit of the video streams and then all of a sudden people have become addicted, which is, uh, you know, no bad thing when it comes to radio, that is, not so much so for drug use. However, what I'm trying to say is the choice is yours. So if you don't like this, the look of us, just switch off your screen or just listen with your earphones on. Or if you do like the look of us, then please feel free to use your listening device of choice. And of course, tell people they now have an option. They don't just have to listen. They can also watch or do a combination of both. So we have plenty to get through in this hour. I'm just looking at some stories here uh, before I welcome Gemma uh, back onto the podium again. Uh, a girl, uh, this is a, a sad story here in Ireland, but again, one highlighting the damage that's been done by governmental policy over the last few years by shutting down services, shutting down access to services, not just for doctors, but also for mental health type appointments or counseling type appointments. A girl in Ireland has took her own life after being bullied at school over her weight. The school girl was referred to the Childhood and Adolescent Mental Health Services in Blanchardstown in Ireland as an urgent priority, but was told that she would have to wait up to six months for an appointment. She couldn't take it anymore. And tragically, she ended her life. Now, am I blaming uh, the mental health support services in Ireland? Can I point the finger of blame at them? No, I can't. Uh, Can I even point the finger of blame at the government? No, I can't. But what I am saying is this, that maybe that girl, maybe that girl would still be alive if she had have had access, urgent access to the counseling that she needed and she didn't have it. It mightn't have guaranteed that she would have uh, not taken her own life, but it would certainly have given her a better chance to work through whatever she was dealing with and whatever bullying that she was dealing with had she been told, sorry, your urgent appointment is going to have to wait for up to six months before anyone will see you. And anyone that's told 
that you're on a waiting list for up to six months. The reality is that it could be longer than six months. It could be eight months. It could be 10 months. It could be a year. And if you're desperate for help or desperate for counseling or desperate to have a shoulder to cry on or professional counseling services, you will know that one day can feel like an eternity. How much more so a teenage girl or an adolescent girl who's suffering hell at the hands of school bullies. And again, that's another uh, kettle of fish uh, that we don't have time to go into here today. What are the schools doing about this? What did the schools do uh, to rein these people in? Uh, what did the, the parents of the bullies do? Were they even informed about this? Did they even care? So many things happened. And as a result of this, this young girl has tragically uh, taken her life. But uh, it's just another highlight of the damage that's caused by governmental policy over the last few years that maybe, just maybe, could have saved this little girl's life. Uh, we don't know, and sadly, we never will know, because unfortunately, she's dead now. Uh, Irish license fee takings. Gem and I have talked about BBC licensing fees over the last few weeks, and also uh, RTE licensing fees here in Ireland. Uh, it's the same sort of business. They're the Irish state government propaganda broadcaster. Their license fee takings are down 16.4 million euro since July in the wake of the RTE payment scandal. So they're being really hit hard by people cancelling their license. The government are talking about subsidising the licensing fee now through taxation. And this is also a model that could be ruled out uh, in the wider scheme of things in the UK and Ireland. So even if we do succeed in uh, defunding the BBC, and even if we do succeed in defunding RTE news, there's always that option. The government could introduce the licensing fee through blanket taxation across all of us uh, to make sure that their uh, propaganda arm remains intact. However, it would be nice uh, if the BEEB was fully defunded and if enough people cancelled their licenses and ended up in the demise of that, quite frankly, horrid organisation. Now, some say it used to be a great thing, it used to be a great broadcasting corporation, but now... Not so much anymore. So RT are also being hit hard in the pocket, which is where you really want to hit these people is in the pocket. Kick them in the pocket, not somewhere else. It will cause the most damage. So that's by way of introduction. I'm going to take a brief pause and welcome the one and only Gemma Cooper into the mix. So please don't go away. It's TNT Radio. Be a part of the conversation. I want representation I can trust. Have your say. Biden isn't doing enough. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Revenues are dropping here, Gemma. You know, it's hard to gauge sometimes whether or not we're being successful. And when I say we collectively, I mean we are being successful with campaigns that we run. You know, we want to get a petition to do this. We want to write to Parliament to do that. We want to get people to defund this and defund that. But the figures, the numbers speak for themselves. And when you see tens of millions of pounds of revenue dropping month on month on month for both the BBC and the RT, it has to be a sign that at the very, very least, people are not happy giving these establishments their money no absolutely not they're, they're, the the figures speak volumes don't they the, the, they're just absolutely not doing it and they're not complying and they're not they're not falling for um propaganda and one-sided narratives coming out of mainstream organizations a uh, piece of breaking news actually rick just while you were uh, introducing your show today is that hamas uh, apparently is close to a truce with Israel, uh, apparently, mm. according the, to the leader of the group, this has been leaked to the news agency Reuters. Uh, it says mm. negotiations will be now underway for the length of the uh, truce 
and also arrangements will be put in place for delivering aid into Gaza and there will be an exchange of Israeli hostages in return for that. Um, details are due to be announced by uh, Qatar later. They're kind of mediating in the negotiations. But, you know, it's a piece of good news isn't it? In the face of the relentless mm. horror that was coming out of that part of the world, you know, it's a beginning of peace negotiations, the truce aid to civilians, um, and, and obviously that the hostage release is, is brilliant. So we'll keep tabs on that here at TNT yeah. radio uh, and video now uh, throughout the day, because um, we've been reporting on this and, and referring to the Middle East. It's been such a polarizing issue, not least within the so-called freedom movement, um, you know, people that fell f could see through the COVID have seemed to have fallen for the polarization of pick a side, pick a side and putting people mm. against each other. So hopefully the news of a truce, uh, tentative negotiations will start to bring people together. Yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed. But sadly, there will be people out there that are lamenting this. Oh, no, they should be going full on. They should be rising up. They should be killing. Listen, the, the vast majority of people that are actually dying on the ground out in the Middle East at the moment are innocent uh, women and children and men that aren't actually tied up in this conflict. So any uh, resolution to the ongoing bloodshed and death and carnage out there can only be uh, met, I would think, with uh, applause and uh, with some kind of uh, happiness and some kind of acceptance there. But hopefully, as you say, we'll be keeping keeping people up to date with this one and we'll be keeping people up to date with the developments there in the Middle East. But as for now, that is uh, nice to hear, Gemma, and uh, thank you for bringing that one to our attention, just uh, hot off the press, as it were. Uh, another story here uh, talking about uh, four-day weeks for almost a third of workers. And again, our old friend AI or artificial intelligence could be responsible for this. Uh, some offices that I worked in in the past, you could say that people were on a four-day week anyway, even though they actually went into the office for all five days. Some people were on a two-day week. They did about two days worth of work, even though they were in there for five days. That was before the creation of AI. Uh, what's all this one about? Well, we talked about AI with, with Natalie on, on the last hour with uh, open on the show Open Line. And uh, I, I couldn't resist sort of bringing this back into the fold because there are so many ways, aren't there, now that the elites and the globalists and the controllers of, the, of our world want to um, uh, steer us into a certain way of behaving and, and acting. And AI is definitely one of them. I mean, the cashless society is another one. Uh, ULES zones and 15-minute cities are others. You know, the green agenda is another. But AI is firmly here. And we talked about it in relation to supermarket tills, didn't we, in the last hour. But this is a study that's uh, focused on the workforce in America and in the UK. Um, and it's saying that AI could mean that millions of workers in both countries could move down to a four-day week within the next 10 years. Now, you're thinking, well, that actually sounds quite good, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound quite good? You know, it says the productivity of bringing in these um, uh systems into the workforce you know the likes of chat gpt and things like that means that productivity will go so high that the workers roles can be augmented and it'll create more free time more free time equals less stress less stress equals less sick leave and eventually leaving the workforce altogether so less unemployment now i was thinking well surely this means four day week means four days pay you work less hours you get less money and the study says no this won't impact on the wages you get um, I can't see how that adds up because I don't know about you, Rick, but I don't know any employer in the world. And I would put TNT with this because business mm -hmm. is business. You do mm -hmm. less hours, you get less money. So they're saying, oh, it's great. AI will take one day a week. Mm, it won't be long before AI takes two days a week, three days a week, four days a week. And suddenly you ain't got a job. 
And I was yeah. thinking about what we talked about with the supermarket tills. You know, we were, were referring to that survey that's been done. And broadly, in, out in world normal, people seem to like the self-service checkouts. I can't understand why, but they do. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it, it, take it take it to its logical conclusion. No humans on the tills, no people with jobs on the tills. Then it will be robots stuck in the supermarket shelves and unloading the lorries. So there'll be no jobs and this is what this one's saying. Although this is all guns blazing, saying you know, eight point eight million people in the UK will um, will be down to a four day week. Thirty five million people in the USA down to a four day week. Yeah, but the creeping, insidious inference of this is eventually the AI will be doing all of it. None of us are going to have jobs. That's the only way it can go, Rick. So the AI is being dressed up as this kind of amazing convenience. Uh, great for the supermarkets. Great for your job. But it, I think you and I can see clearly that there'll be a point where it is no jobs and it's going to be universal basic income because the robots have taken everything. Uh, that's where I yeah. see this going. The uh, the whole business about uh, the four-day week but getting paid for five days, uh, some jobs are performance-orientated uh, and target-driven. And I started off my working life properly in an insurance firm. Uh, I had weekly targets, monthly targets. I had business targets that I had to hit. Now, I was reasonably good at my job, and I was usually able to hit my targets uh comfortably let's just say that and i used to take every friday off i took every friday off for five years uh my boss was completely happy with that he used to say to me ricky i don't care if you take four days a week off as long as you hit your targets now the problem is when you do that then the bosses realize hang on a minute this is too easy for them so we're going to up their targets and there used to be a national sales manager that we had he was a rogue his name was uh i'm not going to tell you what his name was anyway but he ended up moving over to america but he you know that's slogan, don't work harder, work smarter. Okay, well, he didn't have that. He wanted everybody to work smarter and harder. So no matter what targets you were doing, if you hit them, then they got consistently increased relentlessly and the squeeze got put on everybody. So I think uh, the moral of the story here is, Gemma, no matter what, you're being monitored, whether or not this is pre-AI days or post-AI days, and whatever they can do to maximize profit and to maximize profit for the corporations or the banks or the building societies or the, uh, the fast food chains or whatever it happens to be. Uh, they will replace us if they can, because it all matters at the balance sheet at the end of the day. And profit is profit. And what is it they said uh, in that old film, Wall Street with Michael, uh, what do you call him, Michael Douglas? Greed is good. Greed is good, thus saith Gordon Gecko. So I think that is the mantra of the day when it comes to the advances in AI. It's not for our betterment. It's not to make us happier. It's not to give us more free time. It's to maximize profit. And where profits maximize, usually people like you and me on the balance sheet uh, don't do profits any favors. And uh, of course, this is radio, and hopefully they haven't got a program to replace us just yet. But for now, I think we're comfortable. But yeah, have to watch your backs everywhere, don't we? Well, I, I can't see how this short-sightedness of this, um, you know, this this trumpeting of AI, because you're right, the chief executives running these firms, you know, AI will come for you. You know, you can bring it all in at low levels to replace your workforce and no sick pay, no holiday pay, no pensions, no pay at all. But eventually they will come 
for you. And if no one's got a job in the economy, then the products that you're making, whatever they are, whether they're like a virtual product like life insurance or a physical product like um, something you pick up in a shop, like a pair of shoes, nobody's got any money to buy any of these things because the robots have taken all the jobs. So it's a very short-sighted kind of like policy of like, well, we'll, we'll get AI in and AI will begin to do more and we'll pay people less. They will pay people less. I can't understand this study saying it won't impact on pay. It will. As you rightly say, it's profit is the bottom line of any organization. But they'll, it will be everywhere. It won't just be, well, oh, and let's let some, you know, that 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 senior manager, we could he could probably be a robot now. And it will be every single level of the of the pyramid food chain with corporations until there literally is no one left. And it's an AI talking to itself and and nobody buying anything. That's where it's going, without a doubt. And maybe someday AI will be worried about what will replace it, what is down the pipeline that's even more efficient and ruthless and profit generating than AI itself. As per now, we don't have to worry about that, but it is something that could be looming up on the horizon. And for now, Gemma, we'll have to call time on this one. So huge thanks to you as always for your input in both shows here this morning. And of course, you'll be continuing to contribute to the wonderful TNT throughout the course of the day. I shall be back after this short break with the one and only Darren Denslow. So please, folks, brace yourselves Strap yourselves in for more incoming turbulence here only on TNT Radio. You should hear what Ross Cameron is talking about. I see there's a new trend taking place, sweeping uh, the internet of what they're calling sort of technology naked walks, where you go for a walk without your iPhone, without uh, a headset, and just alone with your thoughts. Apparently some people are finding it quite emotionally taxing, but subsequently liberating. Uh, certainly I find if I get into a motor vehicle with a teenager, it's a matter of seconds uh, before there is a request for uh, usually the latest uh, Taylor Swift song or some other form of electronic stimulus. We are generation apparently trained uh, for a very short concentration span and a desperate need for um, digital company. Ross Cameron on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The challenges our planet's animals are facing sometimes feel a bit heavy. The animals haven't eaten in a day, two days. They haven't drank anything. They're cold, they're dehydrated. As soon as we started our descent, Everywhere I could see was mud, just absolutely mud. The country has been prolonged for drought so long. It was like a tinderbox waiting to go up. Okay, very heavy. Each of us wants to be part of the solution, and we can be. Remember that there's good happening right now. At home. All right, we were able to get into your unit, and we have all four of your cats. So, uh... <laughs> okay. And around the world, for any animal, in any disaster. So let's focus on that, right? Be part of the solution, one rescue at a time. Search ifa.org forward slash disaster ready. Today's News Talk Radio. I do a lot of streaming radio. I do a lot of free streaming. TNTradio.live. Okay, uh, brace yourselves, folks. I did try and warn you in advance, My one of my first and, you know, possibly favorite, but don't tell the other guests that sparring partner is back in the TNT ring again here this morning, coming at you live from the wonderful uh, hamlet of Plymouth, uh, tucked away on the coast of England. We have the one and only Darren Denslow, a.k.a. D.D. Denslow, a.k.a. Darren Jenner. Darren, how the hell are you doing today, my friend? 
Oh, I'm very well, mate. Uh, good to see you too. Uh, and it is actually very sunny down here uh, in the hamlet of Plymouth at the moment. And uh, I see that uh, TNT Vision is now rocking. Uh, we're on YouTube and other video platforms. So it's great to see the uh, the station uh, uh, moving on and growing, mate. Yeah, yeah. And listen, uh, we were talking earlier on, uh, or I was making people aware earlier on, the content hasn't changed at all. So the content of TNT is going to be no different. It's still going to be breaking news. It's still going to be topical issues. We're still having guests in. We're still able to talk freely about whatever issues that we want to. It's just simply that people now have the option to watch as well as listen, or if they don't like the look of us, uh, which I'm sure many people won't, then they can just simply switch off the screen and they can listen to our uh, dulcet tones uh, from the comfort of their armchairs while sipping on a Bailey's, no doubt, with their little ear pods in. So it's nice, isn't it, to give people the choice. You can either watch or listen or do a combination of both or do neither. At least we're giving people the choice. I'm pretty sure that we are much better uh, in the flesh and blood, my friend. Uh, I'm just looking at myself and my beard uh, on the TV screen here. Uh, and I think I'm looking uh, very, very, very good uh, for TNT Vision, mate. <laughs> you are. I, I, you know, I did say, uh, I, you corrected me and said your walls were magnolia, but I, I'm getting a John Lennon uh, vibe where I think it was the time he had his love in and his bed and everything was white. I'm not saying you're, you look like John Lennon or, you're in, or maybe there's a, a Yoko Ono somewhere in the background there, but you get what I'm saying. It's a nice yeah, yeah. vibe. I want to try and maintain that vibe, although I have a feeling that's going to be interrupted slightly now with some of the things that we're going to be talking about, I suppose. Well, actually, let's bat it off. First off the bat, uh, I want to talk about uh, the splurge that Rishi Sunak has dumped on social media over the last day or two, talking about just about everything from crap university degrees to leveling up to job creation and reduction of welfare and cutting debt and inflation's coming coming down and bam, 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 bam. So much stuff is going on, according to Rishi Sunak. After the news, we're going to dig into that proper. But before we do, uh, yesterday, uh, another player was unleashed onto the world stage, as our very own Patrick Henningsen described him in one of the little news reports that he put together earlier. This chap, who's now the Argentinian uh, president or prime minister, he's an ex-WEF guy. He's larger than life. Uh, and in fact, Darren, when I first saw him, I thought it was a spoof. I thought it was a caricature. He was running around cursing, effing and blinding on the, the TV shows, being very irreverent. Indeed, people are thinking he's like Trump on steroids. He's been described as. Uh, what's your take on this guy? Just straight off the bat, straight off the bat. I mean, just you. I mean, just from a personality point uh, point of view, I would describe him not Trump on steroids, but Trump on cocaine, because he's actually mm. really, really manic and in your <laughs> face, and he does effing blind. Lines, uh, when he's on camera, when he's being interviewed, you know, so, uh, uh, using expletives to describe woke culture, which, to be fair, is very much uh, a very appropriate and probably uh, a vote winner. But um, we have talked about him in the past as this character uh, coming out of Argentina who's upsetting the, the political class and the political establishment over there. Um, but there are uh, immediately some concerns about him. He has had a previous past association with the World Economic Forum. And here's a here's a um, a take. Uh, here's 
Uh, his mother, Alicia Lujan Lucic, is the granddaughter of World War II Croatian fascist dictator Ante Pavlic, who escaped to Argentina in 1946 as part of uh, the mass uh, exodus of fascists uh, and Nazis that allegedly uh, went and escaped to South American countries, in particular Argentina. Uh, and there are some other, um, you know, he's very much, uh, he supports the Israeli cause in the Middle East and the bombing of Gaza. He's pro-immigration. And I'm starting to think, um, oh, maybe he's going to be like uh, the Italian lady who won in the elections recently and everyone thought, oh, she's going to save Italy. Uh, and now... <clears throat> Maloney, uh, and now you know they've seen uh, increased immigration into that country uh, with numbers that are you know can only be described as astronomical. So uh, on appearance, uh, he looks like he's going to save Argentina, once one of the richest countries on the planet, but um, he could also be uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing, Rick. Yeah, a lot of these people, Darren, I mean, we've covered so many of them over the last nearly two years now. They come out of the blocks raging. Uh, they come out uh, on fire. Everybody gets excited that there's A, a new kid or a new girl in the block, and B, that they're exuberant, they're over the top, they're promising they're going to do this, they're taking no nonsense. But when it all boils down and whenever the, the, the kerfuffle all fades away, a lot of them just end up reverting back to type. And the perfect example of that that you've just highlighted is none other than Georgia Maloney, when she came in and took over from Mario Draghi back in, I think it was September of 2022, uh -huh. everyone thought she was going to revolutionize Italy because she talked to talk. She was like a Suella Braverman type person. You remember we coined that phrase, doing a Braverman. That's when you uh -huh. promise uh, the world and deliver absolutely nothing, or you promise heaven, and then you end up delivering hell. This guy looks like the same kind of character, a firebrand type character. He's on the scene now in Argentina. Let's be honest about it. Uh, before this week, nobody really knew anything about who he, who he was or what he's done. No one really followed Argentinian politics until this week, much the same way as many people didn't follow Italian politics until Georgia Maloney came on the scene. Now I've nothing about uh, yeah, well, or knew, or knew nothing about Ukraine until February of 2022. That's when they thought everything started with that country. And then, of course, you have the figurehead type character, which in their case was Zelensky. It seems to be they need to have a figurehead type character who's a little bit different and a little bit larger than life or has a unique selling point for people to latch on to. And I'm sorry to say this, but I think this, uh, this chap, uh, Javier Millet, Javier Malay, the president of Argentina, he's a little bit too over the top for me. It's almost like he's a caricature of all these people ruled together. Or as you rightly uh, said, it's not even Trump on steroids. It's more like Trump on cocaine and probably speed and steroids and yeah. other things on top of that as well. Oh, we've got to take it. We've got to take a break. Talk about breakneck speed here, my friend. That's the way we <laughs> roll on uh, Locked and Loaded. So uh, stay tuned. More fireworks incoming after this short news break here on TNT. Don't go away. No. I've got news for you. Give me the news. Give it to me. Give me the news. TNT Radio News. <laughs> news flash. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Incredible footage has emerged of Iranian-backed militants hijacking a British-owned cargo ship in the Red Sea, which they say has links to Israel. Russian President Vladimir Putin was due to join an emergency video conference with BRICS leaders on Tuesday to discuss the ongoing war in Gaza. And former US President Donald Trump's suing 20 different media companies for $1.5 billion, accusing them of defaming his social media site. 
Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. Okay, as Darren and I do, we don't stop talking even during those short news breaks. We're talking about pendulum swinging to far-right agendas. That seems to be the way uh, they seem to bring people in because it seems to be far-right politics appeal to people. Now, that's why Maloney was a hit. That's why this gay Javier Malay is a hit. You remember even, uh, it's not so long ago, we were talking about that young lad from, uh, what is it, Burkina Faso or uh, yeah. Mali when they had all the Ibrahim. African coups. He was shaking hands. Ibrahim, uh, whatever his talent. <laughs> Lely, Torora, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was yeah. over shaking hands with Putin, leading African delegations on there. Again, remember he had the, the leather gloves with the, the metal knuckle dusters on top. He was dressed in his military fatigues. Does that not seem to be the blueprint, though, Darren, that uh, most of these new emerging characters on the world scene, uh, they're a giveaway in that they, they have this persona or this way of dressing that seems to buck the trend to get people to latch onto them to make them more likable or more appealing to the masses? What do you think? Uh, I mean, I think 100% of that is what we are seeing uh, on the political scene, uh, particularly uh, in parts of the West, but across the world in general. Uh, the 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 woke uh, the woke led agenda, the globalist agenda that's been led by this woke leftist ideology. The pendulum has swung so far to the left. Uh, that it can't go any further. Nobody is buying it. The, the majority of the public don't support it. The agenda needs to continue somehow, and but they need to have the public consent and support to achieve their goals. And we're talking about the globalists, the, the elites of this world, the theys. Uh, and uh, that pendulum is probably now going to move all the way to the right in the hope that it will drag the populace uh, with it and the agenda then can continue uh, unabated and unchanged. It's just a a different group of people saying the opposite to what they were saying before but the lies are still the same again the agenda continues unchanged the agenda continues unchanged perfect uh link into uh the next thing that i want to talk to you about actually darren which is this uh dump of information and dump of policies and dump of fantasies i would call it that rishi sunak's been doing on social media specifically the x platform i'm pretty sure it's not him that's actually sitting up putting these things together this little bullet points little arrows little emojis on there but effectively he's telling us what he wants to do with the uk now there's one uh particular thing that i'm going to take First of all, with you, I'm trying to dissect it down a little bit. So what he says is, this was posted up yesterday, I want to give young people the skills that they need to get great jobs. Well, who could argue with that? Who could argue with young people getting upskilled to get great jobs? And this is how he proposes to do it. Number one, scrapping, rip off university degrees. Number two, creating the new advanced British standard. And number three, teaching maths and English to every child until they are 18 years of age. Now, on those three points alone, I think, my friend, we could spend about two hours talking about those three points alone. But let's take the first one. Given your uh, education background, you have a degree in chemistry, you were a chemistry teacher, you know the system, Darren. So when he says that he wants to scrap rip off university degrees. What kind of degrees is he talking about? Uh, he hasn't came out and said what a rip off degree actually is yet. And here's the question. 
if he's been allowing ripoff degrees to rip people off for what the last 10, 15, 20 years or however long they've been going for, is he then going to give reparations to students that have been ripped off by crap degrees from universities? What is a ripoff degree and why are they even allowed to teach them now, given that he knows they're in existence? I mean, there are degrees such as, I don't know, puppetry. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to do a degree in puppetry, I'm pretty sure you're going to do a degree that is ripping you off. And I use that as an extreme example. Uh, there are a variety of media degrees and social science degrees that, you know, uh, when I taught, everybody wanted to do psychology. Everyone wanted to do sociology. Everyone wanted to do criminology, yeah? Criminology. And even though we told students, don't do criminology because everybody is doing criminology they've all been watching csi and there are no jobs and yet still uh, that course was um, absolutely inundated and that's a true story csi saw an upsurge in criminology students uh, but even though there wasn't the jobs um so there's there's a whole variety of degrees uh, mm -hmm. Some sound pretty good. Social science, that sounds like a good degree to have. But they are absolutely inundated. They are considered easy passes. And we have all these sociologists and criminologists and puppeteers running around who can't get a job. We really, really need to focus down uh, our, our, um, our domain of study into the sort of hard sciences, maths and English. It should have always been like that. But unfortunately, there's no profit there. And so we have all this whole uh, catalogue of degrees that people can choose from, which the universities pop, uh, uh, really, really profit from. And the problem Sunak is going to have, let's just say he's genuine about this, he's going to really try and implement these changes in our education system. Uh, the, the leftist colleges and degrees are going to push back and say, what are you going to do? We're not going to get bums on seats. The students aren't good enough to do maths and English. We need to do these Mickey Mouse subjects like sociology. Um, uh, and there's no profit in us you're going to break the universities so there's going to be a battle that happens there and then there's the other side to it, it conservatives aren't going to be in power in nine months he can say whatever he likes because i'm pretty sure when labor get into power which is almost destined to happen as long as the yeah. elections happen next year and who knows what's going to happen in the next nine months they're not going to start uh, 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 dragging down these degrees and ending these degrees that actually benefit the Labour Party. Yeah. Mm. So, um, you know, anything that's coming out of Sunak's mouth, especially if he's putting it on Twitter, uh, I would just chuck it uh, in the bin with all their other policy suggestions that they never, ever, ever uh, implement, like immigration, for example, and stopping the boats, um, because they're not going to be in power next year. They can, they're just uh, positioning themselves <laughs> as opposition already, I think. Yeah, the thing is, too, uh, when you mentioned there about the degrees, about there's actually a degree in puppetry. Is that for real? Is it? Can you actually go to university uh, for in three years? Do you want to cling on? Well, well, um, well here's I mean, the thing. You know, you've got to ask yourself the question: If you're daft enough to sign up to do a three-year course on how to operate puppets, well, then you know you deserve to be ripped off by the universities. It shows a lack of uh, basic understanding. You know, think about it just for one second. Some of this stuff should be common sense stuff, but sadly, there are mugs out there that are actually signing up to do these so-called rip-off degrees. In this case, puppetry. Like, what can you teach somebody? And how does it take you three years uh, to learn how to use a puppet? I don't know. Maybe uh, that's what the Tory government have all been uh, put through is puppetry uh, degrees in the in the in their colleges or universities because. 
because they're acting like uh, marionettes at the minute. There's strings attached to, of course, their masters in the WEF. Uh, second thing that he said was creating a new advanced British standard. How about we bring every kid up to the basic standard instead of creating a new advanced British standard that most kids won't be able to live up to in the first place? Is it not better, Darren, to fix what you have at the minute instead of wiping the board clean and aspiring to advanced standards when you can't even meet your current basic standards at the minute? Yeah, and and it's evident that the, the standard of education, just in the basic subjects, reading and writing and doing maths and basic science, is way below the standards of uh, uh, of the past. Yeah, so you know, if you took an O level maths exam from 1980 and give it to a degree mathematician student now, they would probably struggle. Such has the standard changed. So um, you know. I think the best solution to uh, the education system is scrapping uh, education fees or tuition fees at universities and mm. dropping the requirement for every single vocation, every single skill or job requiring you to have a certificate saying that you need to do it. We should have on-job the train, on-job training and vocational qualification courses at colleges, etc. And and leave and and some may disagree with this the university level education to the more elite students that we used to have in the past uh, rather than sending every single person to university which is all about bums on seats it's not about standards uh, and the only way we can recover those standards i believe is dropping uh, education fees but that will never happen you know what? Uh, when I went to university, which was uh, 1992 to 1995, I actually didn't have to pay any university fees back then. Uh, that's quite a long time ago. Um, I'm not sure that even that it was means tested. And you know what? I even got a government grant for being a student at the time. Now, that was all scrapped shortly after I finished my degree course. And then, of course, not only were you saddled with uh, tuition fees, you had accommodation fees, you had coursework fees, you had to buy books and everything else. But for me, I actually came out of uh, university with money in the bank and the first thing that i did bizarrely was go to uh when i got my first grant check and first year i went to a guitar shop and bought a an esp kirk hammond metallica custom guitar strangely enough in a guitar shop in the town or the city in which i now live these are changed times darren and i didn't come from a wealthy uh family you know my dad was a hard worker my mom stayed at home and looked after the house so we weren't rolling in money but back then back in 92, and this was at the tail end, I didn't have to pay any adjacent uh, fees. And in fact, I even got a grant. You got to check three times a year for three years uh, to cover your expenses and your books and stuff. But those days are long gone. Now people are leaving university saddled with student debt, man, saddled with yeah. that. And then you have to pay that back before mm -hmm. you, you, you start worrying about service and maybe a mortgage, paying your rent, paying your utilities, cost of living crisis, et cetera. Is this not geared up? Is this uh, death? Uh, debt trap not even further uh, wind up against current flock of students because the cost of fees, et cetera, are so high. And then there's no guarantee, uh, CSI style, that you do your criminology degree and then you come out of it with a job at the end of the day. How the hell are you going to pay back the debt? Yeah, there are thousands, millions of young people walking around, not just with useless degrees, like you know, as we've just been discussing, but with a huge amount of debt. Um, I personally have about sixty-five thousand pounds worth hey. of university debt that no. I need to clear for a chemistry degree, uh, and I'm no longer even teaching in the system with my chemistry degree, which was the purpose of of, of that bit of paper, simply because. 
of the wokeness and craziness uh, that we see in these what are now just indoctrination camps. So the, the whole shit, the introduction of fees for university in particular has actually destroyed the standards of education and destroyed job prospects for people in the future whilst lumbering them with tens of thousands of pounds of debt. And we see this not just in the UK, we see it in the USA, we see it in some parts of Europe. Uh, and there is a direct correlation between the introduction of the tuition fees uh, and the standard of education. Fees have gone up, standard of education has gone down because as a, uh, a science teacher in a college whose job, my job was to get second chance students into university, it was they go to university no matter what, even if I had to write their bloody coursework for them to get them into university because it's all about the coin and bums on seats means profits. And for all your troubles, for all the effort you put in, you busted your ass, you got a first-class degree in chemistry, you went back into the education system, you were doing your best for kids, you were trying to push them into, not push them into, you were trying to help them to get into further education. As a result of that, you end up saddled with 65 grand of student debt, which is insane, my friend, by the way, uh, 65. And of course, then uh, our friends, the woke people, uh, decided to have a, a, a pylon and uh, you had a lot of issues with your last employment. And then as a result of that, you have to step away from it. It's ridiculous, yeah. man. The whole system is screwed up uh, with people like you who have busted your ass to try and do the right thing and help other people to try and do the right thing. Not only are saddled with debt as a result of that, but then you end up in a tailspin when someone says uh, that they want to be a she, at them, hey, he, hi, ho, I, o, you, or whatever their pronouns were. And that's uh, at the end of the day. And here we are talking now on TNT Radio. So we've got to take a short Everything break, my friend. <laughs> Everything for a reason is right. Uh, I believe that uh, whatever's meant to be will not pass you by and the best is yet to come. So on that happy note, we've got to take a quick ad break. When we come back, I want to talk about something that you're particular enamored with, uh, our old friends, ancient civilizations. Uh, some breaking news on that front. We've got to touch on it before we go. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing my job either. So please stay tuned for more of Darren and I after the short break here on TNT Radio. The climate agenda is a national security risk. Where do you hear this? From Washington, D.C., this is the Morano Minute with your host, TNT Radio's Mark Morano. The climate and energy policies of California are threatening the security of residents. California has increased crude oil imports from foreign countries from 5% just 25 years ago to more than 75% today. According to Heartland analyst Ronald Stein, California is the only state in the United States that imports most of its crude oil feedstock to instant state refineries from foreign countries. California needs this oil for nine international airports and 41 military airports, as well as shipping ports up and down the coast. Meanwhile, Asia has 88 new oil refineries manufacturing fuel for California's airports and shipping terminals. It's time we recognize that the climate agenda is a national security threat. This is Mark Morano for the Morano Minute on TNT Radio. Internet crimes against children in New Mexico are real. And when it comes to protecting your children, the New Mexico AG's office and the ICAC unit are on the front lines. I'm New Mexico Attorney General Hector Balderas. There's nowhere to hide for online predators in New Mexico. We are working tirelessly using state-of-the-art technology and resources to seek out and find them wherever they are. Please talk to your children about the dangers that exist online. 
social media, games, and messenger apps. It's always important to know who you're talking to. Help fight online predators in New Mexico by submitting a tip today. This is Locked and Loaded with Rick Munn on TNT. Okay, just picking up on some of the uh, comments in the live chat. It's uh, more difficult, let me just say, to dive in and out of the live chat now because I'm still using my trusty uh, phone here to reference stories and reference communications that are ongoing during the show. And listen, I ain't no multitasker, but I'm just doing my level best to hold it all together here. And of course, the people that I'm working with and the people that I'm talking with have a big part to play in that, none more so than the one and only Darren Denslow. Uh, Dud uh, said he's missed Darren. Uh, don't get to listen at the weekend. Well, Dot, even if you do miss Darren at the weekend, you can still go back onto the website, tntradio.live, and look up uh, Digging Deeper with Darren Denslow or go onto Spotify and just uh, search for Darren Denslow. And all his uh, recorded shows are all on there on a catalog on Apple uh, Music, everything, all the streaming platforms, Podbean. You can go and search for all of Darren's shows on there. A couple of people referencing music as well, which is something that I didn't talk uh, with you about there, Darren, when you talked about uh, science and maths or maths in English up until 18 and upskilling up to a basic level. I think uh, music is uh, criminally under uh, taught in schools mm-hmm. and languages as well. Even if yeah. you don't like languages or you don't ever think you're going to go and live in France or Germany, it does your brain no end of good to actually learn another language and to be multilingual. Because in this day and age, my friend, if you're only uh, monolingual, I think you're at a big disadvantage. I think, and of course, chess, we've talked about this as well. Chess, I yeah, believe, yeah. should be introduced into the national curriculum. Yeah. Alternatives, alternatives uh, to the classic scientists. That wouldn't be such a bad thing with it yeah i mean music is uh is a, a a great skill to have and it's something that i never learned when i was at school again a regret i don't i don't play uh, a musical instrument and uh, i actually wrote a letter to my french teacher saying they've just completed the channel tunnel so i think this was in 1994 and all the french need to learn english so that was my attitude uh, uh, as a right winger at 15 16 years old uh, and i regret deeply now my childishness then uh, and being allowed to resign from uh, french lessons as well particularly as i was top of the class in france uh, in french uh, and uh, now i only speak english well Jana, uh, pretty badly as well, I'm, I'm told. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? The one language I actually regret not learning was French because a lot of the places that I went to when I was going over to Africa, they were all French-speaking, like Congo's French-speaking, uh, Mozambique. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't go to those places, but what I mean is there's a lot of areas that I could have went into and spoke French instead of learning an, a national or a tribal tongue in Africa because a lot of them are either Belgian speakers or French speakers. Uh, no Russian speakers in Africa, by the way, because Russia didn't colonize Africa, as we well know, uh, or Chinese speakers for that matter. <laughs> Mandarin would, if you want to learn a, la- a language, and I'm sure everybody's probably quite aware of this now, then uh, I think Mandarin would be very, very useful because uh, China uh, is likely to be the, the future sort of dominant superpower, and that language is going to be particularly in business and finance and other areas mm-hmm. like that, incredibly important. Well, you know, it's never too late to pick up on a language. And for you too, by the way, about musical instrument, get yourself a cheap acoustic guitar, I'm telling you now, and a little chord book and learn three, four, five chords. And I'm telling you now, there's a lot of uh, benefit to just simply 
simply sitting strumming on an acoustic guitar on your own, messing around with chords. It's nice. And to learn a few songs, maybe. And you can do it if you apply yourself to it, you know, three, six months of a wee bit of practice, and you'll be good enough uh, to bang out a tune or two, and it will do you good. Uh, it helps your hand-eye coordination and your motor skills in your hands and all that sort of things. And listen, it's very mathematical that, as well, music. It is. And you and me may, maybe record a I Christmas song. I could do it in the Sandman. That's it. Okay, first of all, I'm going to have to correct you. It's not enter the Sandman. It's enter Sandman. And I know that drives a lot of metalers absolutely crazy. So sorry to be so pedantic and easily retentive, Darren. (laughs) But it's enter Sandman, not enter the Sandman. But top marks for trying. And we have had some Metallica references in the live chat this morning as well, which is always nice to see. Now, let's talk about something uh, that warms the cockles of your heart, my friend, in particular. The world's oldest pyramid has been found and dates back approximately 16,000 years adding another 4,000 years to man's civilized history, at least according to our current uh, batch of historians. Anyway, 16,000 years, these pyramids, mate, I'm looking around the world at the minute, as I'm sure you are too, shaking my head, scratching my head, wondering why we're not producing great works of art, phenomenal buildings, awe-inspiring buildings, the way these guys did five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand 10,000 years ago. Why not? Surely we've got the tech, we've got AutoCAD, we've got uh, CGI, we've got everything these days, but it seems to be the one thing that's gone is creative inspiration and, of course, Mm -hmm. awe and wonder that these pyramids inspire amongst many people. I mean, with regards to, to modern architecture, I think it's deliberate, the grey concrete blocks of our city, the coldness, the lack of creativity, the lack of imagination that we see with our eyes. You know, we've only got about go back a few hundred years and we used to build beautiful cathedrals. In fact, we could look at some of our cathedrals of old and go, how did we manage to build them when now we have these big oblong blocks? And I think it's deliberate. I think, I think our architecture now is to sort of crush a bit of the human spirit in the world and in, in, in the places that we habitat uh, we don't live in beautiful environments that we care about like we used to but going back to the, you know to the pyramids uh, they're, they're being found all over the world uh, it's a quite a regular occurrence now but this particular one in uh, Mount Padang in uh, Indonesia is a megalithic site used quoted 16,000 years old I've just scrolled to the bottom of the article Article. should do that really always go to the bottom of the article it could be up to twenty five thousand years old and if that is true that this original the original uh, base of this pyramid was laid down twenty five thousand years ago then that will add uh doing a bit of mass thirteen thousand years that doubles uh recorded human history or evidence that we were civilized enough to make pyramids that potentially we cannot build now. If you have a look at the the, the Great Pyramids of Egypt, which have been dated to 5,000 years old, I suspect they're a lot older. But the other issue to this, and I don't know why this isn't such a big, major, prominent story, is it adds 13,000 years to our recorded history. Only 20, 30 years ago, um, recorded history was what? 
5,000, 6,000 years max and prior to that. And it's still something that mainstream uh, archaeologists, Egyptologists and the like uh, push was that before 5,000, 6,000 years ago, uh, man was living in caves with, with, you know, running around with a chunk of wood as a weapon, knocking people on the head and dragging women off by the hair. Uh, that, 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 that's what we were told. And then suddenly we started building big, giant it's pyramids. Nowadays, that's happening yeah. nowadays as well, by the yeah, way. You yeah, know we were going back to the caveman. Anyway, that's not that's not good down that route. But the reality is that isn't the case, and that we have been civilized enough to organize ourselves and uh, uh, build huge structures. This one in Indonesia is uh, about 100 meters square at the base and 30 meters high. I'm pretty sure the cavemen's uh, running around with a little bat, uh, and, you know, and, and, and sparking flint together to make fires, as we are told, while they're painting, you know, moose and elk on their cave walls. Pretty sure they weren't able to organize themselves to build uh, such structures 25,000 years ago. There is something about our past that is hidden from us, whether it's because the Egyptologists and the archeologists don't want to admit that they're wrong with the evidence that they provide, or there's something more important and significant about our prehistory that suggests that we ain't the most modern, the most advanced people on this planet, that there was somebody either equal to or better than us, more advanced than us uh, in the past. And I think that's incredibly important to, to us to understand who we are. It is. You know what? You want to know something strange? Uh, I've started buying this. Uh, I love salt. I love salt. And uh, I've started buying this stuff called Malden Sea Salt. And the other day, I would reach into the pack and just grab a handful, because I'm the only person that takes it. I just grab a handful, throw it on the food. A lot of it, it was perfect pyramid-sized, uh, not pyramid-sized, but perfect pyramid-shaped crystals of pure sea salt. And apparently, pure sea salt looks perfectly pyramidical in its shape and size. And I actually thought it was weird. I thought maybe there's this little piece of plastic in there because I've never seen this before, but so much of it was perfect pyramid, you know, like the pyramids of Giza, perfectly sized crystals of salt. So maybe... I don't know. Whoever was was designing this was taking their cues from pure, pure salt. And of course, salt is important to stop uh, decay. And salt is important to add flavor to things. And I think without a shadow of a doubt, whoever it was was constructing these uh, these buildings uh, so many thousands of years ago were certainly adding a little bit of salt and light into the world or, or they were bringing something of awe to the people uh, yeah. to cause wonderment and bewilderment. Yeah. Even now, here we are thousands of years later, we still really don't know how they all we came no about. Idea. Uh, and the other thing is, you know, this isn't just all oh, a group of people in Indonesia suddenly decided to build pyramids. People in Egypt suddenly decided to build pyramids. People in South America, these people were highly, it's highly likely that they were connected, that they were able to communicate, maybe travel uh, amongst each other. And that is why we see these similar structures. It could well be, and I believe this, and if uh, and people who listen to uh, Graham Hancock, who uh, is dismissed as a right-wing white supremacist uh, uh, conspiracy theorist for talking about this there might well have been a global civilization on this planet um, prior to and during the ice age of old and that something happened that meant that they either left 
or their civilization was destroyed. And I don't understand why a lot of effort, money, maybe they could do a degree course on this because it might be worthwhile doing that, uh, an investigation into who these people were, uh, what they were about, uh, and why they disappeared. Because I think this is incredibly important. Like I said, it's all about who we are on this planet. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been lost. We don't know. It has, and you know, this whole business about, you know, uh, again, the head scratching where I've been thinking to myself, well, why are we not producing any great architectural wonders now? Why are we not producing any awe-inspiring buildings, whether they be churches or public buildings? I think a lot of it is to sap the soul out of us. And I know that sounds yeah. conspiratorial, yeah. but when you walk around the average town or city center, look at Plymouth, for example, look at Armada Way when we covered to cut all those trees down. Yeah. It was a national disgrace. And then they're trying to replace it with cycle parks and uh, open areas with concrete on there and CCTV cameras mounted on poles. Does that not crush your spirit a little bit? I remember you doing yep. a video uploading that where you walked oh, around and you thing. showed it and you were you were you were good at and it affected a lot of people that you didn't have to be a resident of Plymouth. And then a lot of people were saying, hey, that's happening in my town. That's happening in my city too. They're kidding, they're cutting down the trees, they're getting rid of the green areas and they're replacing it with these steel and concrete buildings and monstrosities that I think sap the life clean out of us. Now, I have, I have about four or five other stories that we were to get into here today, but as is our world, as is our way, we never got round to them because we're spontaneous here and we're just chewing the fat and shooting the breeze as it were, and we're pretty much up to time. So on that respect, uh, I want to direct people uh, your way when it comes to the old social media platform, which is something I know you're a big believer in. So if you don't already do this, please follow Darren on uh, the X slash, I know he doesn't like that word, so I'll say on Twitter, uh, at Walsnet W-O-L-S-N-E-D which for any of you TNT trivia fans out there is Denslow spelled backwards that confused a lot of people uh, when you took that name but it didn't confuse old Rick Munn I'll tell you that much and of course you can follow Darren uh, on his TNT broadcasting at the weekends on Digging Deeper uh, Sundays from 12pm to 2pm UK time check up on any uh, shows that you may have missed show him some love send him a message and tell him how great you think he is so Darren on that respect music's playing I'm going to get cut off at any time thank you so much as always mate let's do this again sooner rather than later and please stay tuned for more magic here with um, James Freeman uh, on TNT Radio don't go away